0: Coming up in about 15 minutes here on 610 Sports Radio, we're going to let you vent on something you may or may not like, so be stay tuned for that. Coming up in about 15 minutes here on 610 Sports Radio, Jay Binkley, my friend, is in for Josh today, who's doing dad stuff in a helicopter on a yacht somewhere over the Hamptons right now. Specter in as well for Jed, who is in for B-Dub. So uh, Specter is in today. So if you want to say you're mad at losing, shout it out. Feel free to text into the J Southlanto Service text line at 913-586-7610. He will be able to read them today because he's here. Josh goes on vacation and something big happens with the Big 12? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly. Did oh, something okay. big happen with the Big 12 today? I mean, well, selling I mean, the seats for five grand and expanding the league is pretty big, right? Bill Self News yesterday was pretty big. Big news yesterday. Big. Yeah, big news yesterday. Big was 12 w- tournament is in Kansas City. I would consider that news. Yeah, but not, I mean, the league hasn't broken up today or no. anything, right? No, we're not chasing Dan Beebe or anything. Oh, my God. At least he waited a week for the
1: party. At least Kling was able to go to the birthday party last
0: week. That's true, your birthday yeah, he party. Waited,
1: yeah, he waited, yay, waited. 50
0: flat. times around yeah, the sun. How you, do, you look great, by the way. And and what did you do? Drop eighty pounds or something? Thanks, Bob. Yeah, man. you look you look great. And we had a good time at your birthday that was party. fun, man. Smart not inv- inviting Specter though. That was a good move on your part. But he uh, was uh, in the Hamptons. Yeah, he was in the Hamptons actually last week too. <laughs> he really was actually like, legitimately in the Hamptons on a helicopter. So um, you feeling young? You feeling spry? Probably in the best shape of your life. No pun intended best with spring life, training yeah, being yeah, here. Best but shape, yeah. yeah, you're looking good, man. You're feeling good. Pretty good. Happy, good. Okay, Let's good. Go. Good, Getting good, good, good. Getting ready for the combine. Getting ready for the combine because you're going to be. Uh, you're going to be making a making a run of the forty yard dash. Um, <laughs> what, what's interesting is is baseball is finally finding a way to speed things up a little bit. Now, some of this is spring training and. And whatnot. So I don't know how it's going to carry over to the regular season. I'm anxious to see. But games in spring training are about a half hour shorter than they were a year ago in the regular season. And so I like that fact. I think everybody likes that fact. And college football's even tried to find a way to speed up games. I, I always thought with college football, the number one thing about it that I like I drove me absolutely insane was the fact that they would stop the clock after every first down. Like if you just start the clock after every first down, you can speed up those games. They've worked
1: on the clock to sh- shorten halftime too. Yeah, sh-
0: halftime needs to be shortened as well, but the band needs to play. So you you, you, still have the band. you can still do that. I sure have frisbees and dogs. I, I would too, but the kids are in the band. The parents are there to see the kids, and let's go blow, blow your horn, right? So baseball has sp- sped up a little bit about about a half hour or more uh, quicker than than they w- what they were last season. And if you watched any spring training games or seen any highlights on social media or whatever, you can clearly see it is it is a good pace of play that they have in baseball right now. And I love it. I know the pitchers love it because they can dictate the pace of the game and innings are moving really, really fast. I hope it really does continue into the regular season and we do see the pace of game picked up. However, there's a, a, a different kind of way to view this is because when I'm at a game, I'm never wanting the game to, to be over. I, I like the fact that you're there at the ballpark. It's a nice afternoon. Have a couple of beers, eat a hot dog, have conversation with your friends, watch the game. But I think it's for people watching at home and you're trying to capture a younger generation Generation where everything is bigger, faster, and quicker now than it ever was before, and with so many people being soccer fans these days, you're in and out in two hours. That has kind of become the expectation. Save for the NFL, which nobody's ever complained about pace of play.
1: I think they're at a crossroads too because I'm with you for TV audiences is perfect. That's what they need to think. They need to think about TV audience. Yeah, sure. They they make their cash, but doing the Royals, you know, pre and post game. Uh, for when I did it, I never heard one person—not even one person—complain about the time of game. Right. You know what? They drove in from Western Kansas or Southern Missouri, whatever, because they want to see the game. Right. They, they bought their tickets. They bought parking, whatever. They they went to one or two games a year. Yeah. If you if you speed up the time of games,
0: you're not getting your money's worth of parking anymore.
1: And, and they enjoyed it, grabbing beers, going out and watching the ballpark. But on TV, it does make a better product, especially when runs are up, strikeouts down, those kind of things. The shift that's going to help things as well. And I think the timeouts too, because it would be frustrating. I get it. As a TV viewer, or whatever, you're watching a late night Dodgers game and you have the guys pouncing around the mound, you know, storming around the you know, the rubber, throwing 50 times mm-hmm. to first base, which they only do twice now. Right. right. Not only that, hitters get one timeout. Mm-hmm. That's it. One timeout per plate appearance. They can't do it two or three times. And then if the if the race runner takes a timeout, that counts as the hitter's timeout. So that's what speeds up the game. I don't think the people actually going to the game care because they don't. Again, I've never heard anybody complain, but the people that are watching it on TV are consuming your product.
0: Or the people who aren't consuming it that just want to complain on Twitter are complaining too. But but baseball,
1: this is great, but they're always behind the eight ball. We just talked about, you know, bowls may be behind the eight ball with the Big 12. Yeah, Major League Baseball could be so much more advanced. Take a look at what the NFL does. The NFL makes a big deal of the schedule now where all the morning shows are releasing a game. Mm -hmm. It used to not be that way. I remember talking to our former boss into letting me do a schedule release show at like 11 o'clock at night after the Royals are done, because no one cared. They saw the schedule come out, and they talked about the NFL makes it a big deal. It's field, a huge deal. A primetime event. They made the combine primetime, except for this year. They went away from it because the players didn't like to go. Yeah, it was stupid. That late at night, yeah. they didn't like to do that. But they tried. But they've made everything an event. Baseball, in my opinion, has got so many ways to connect with the younger crowd, which they have a little bit with the, you know, the, the not using the cash. The older people don't like it. Mm-hmm. And that's, unfortunately, that's their audience. Right. they The it people who yeah. go to the games. Yeah. And being able to um, cashless. But I always thought, like, cell phones, use them. And when, you know, you set it to where when Bobby Wood Jr. comes to the plate, you got on your cell phone, you go, oh, Bobby Wood's up at the plate, and you can watch the at-bat.
0: Oh, that you would be, be kind there. of cool. I like that but, idea. But you set to whatever yeah.
1: players you want, and then they come up to the plate, and you buy the package, and it shows up like a text message, hey, check it out, the video of Bobby Oh, that's Witt's a great idea. But take this stuff and bring it to baseball because they're never going to be as big. i played fantasy baseball and things like that, but it's never going to be as big But they tried to make an event. They made the draft an event because they stopped having games during the first round of the draft, Mm -hmm. which never made sense to take your beat writers that are covering your team and your game to then go cover what you're doing in the draft and go out in the hallway and talk to Dayton Moore about who you just drafted instead of covering the game. That never made sense. But baseball's always been so far behind the heat ball. They really need somebody like a Yormark coming in, you know, forward thinking, how can we make this better? Yes, this stuff is great, but it's a little bit too late. Great to have it now. But can you can you keep advancing it? Can you keep doing things to keep the audience. Well,
0: and, and that's the thing. You have, to do, you have to bring them kicking and screaming and, and and whatnot at times, too, in Major League Baseball. I think Rob Manfred is trying to be that Brett Yormark, but he's met with a lot of resistance from a lot of people who there's think so, the game needs so to be the way it always has do. been, right? Yeah, there, there really are. So I'm, I'm glad baseball has done this, and I think it is going to be a big change, and I think it is going to be better for the consumer. For years I've said on this show, and I still maintain, that I could be an NFL head coach. I am better right now than 50% of the head coaches in the National Football League, and that's not an exaggeration. That's not a joke. Facebook. I am better than 50% of these NFL head coaches right now. Proof is out there because these guys get churned and burned one year. You don't think I could have done what Nathaniel Hackett did in Denver? You don't think I could have been better than what Nathaniel Hackett was in Denver? Absolutely. Absolutely, I could be better than what be Josh McDaniels is. I don't care. I get a nice buyout. That's what it's all about. If you're coaching in the NFL, get your good buyout. But I mean, from from, a, from like... The, you the, hire the right people. I definitely would. And that's why I've always said I would be a great NFL head coach because I would hire the right people. I would let them do their job. I'd meet with the media. I'd yuck it up. I'd have a sandwich with the guys and call it a day right like I, I i wouldn't be like a todd haley and overbearing involved head coach because i know my limitations and i think a lot of these guys who are getting hired at 35 years old to be head coaches of organizations and leaders of men don't have enough life experience to be what they need to be as the head coach it's not about the x's and o's it literally has nothing to do with whether or not you're a good head coach can you manage people Can you connect with people? Can you relate to people? Can you be a great face and a leader for an organization? And at 35 years old, most of these guys are not capable of doing that because they don't have any life experiences. And Ron Stefaniak, who's the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, had a great comment yesterday, and and you found it, and you're like, oh, my God, this guy is clearly giving you all the praise in the world that you could be an NFL head coach. And it's not because of this. This has something to do with it. But it's because I would know how to put people in the right position and let them do their job and not be an overlord. I thought
1: 100% of you when I saw the story. Okay. 100% of you in your theory that you could be an NFL head coach because what's Kevin Stefanski said – He's the coach of the Browns, no. former coach of the year, believe it or not. He's the
0: big coach of the yeah, year. coach of the Reed. year because you, – you, As many uh, as Matt and Andy Reid. Which, 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 by the way, I, the odds are out for coach of the year next year. Andy Reid's not even on the list that no, I saw he, yesterday. He's got, got one. a damn scam.
1: Two Eagles, one of them. So uh, the comeback says, well, any actual uh, football coaches might scoff at the thought that a video game could prepare someone to coach an actual NFL game. It might not actually be that far from the truth. He can't uh, he basically claims that Madden helped him with game management, which is true. It is true. Because well, how many of us have sat there, tried to score at the end of the first half, get the ball yeah. you know, get the ball back, right. you're going to have 14 points on the board before they even touch the ball. Right. It's And the you Broncos do it in a video did.
0: game all the time as a kid because you didn't care whether you win or lost. There wasn't money on the line and stuff like that. So you try to get that double score all the time. And the, look, the Chiefs try to get that double score all the time too, Josh, or Josh, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that you see it
1: all the time at Kansas City. <laughs> he says, uh, Stephanie said, honestly, so I grew up playing Madden. I believe our generation is a little bit better at game management because we've done that. So basically, crediting the Madden video game for making their game management better, which I do agree with because if you're locked sure. in that game, you kind of realize what to do, when to do it, how to do it because it brings in game yeah. time. It's like simulating. It's basically doing a simulator right. of what you do in real life. But I found that interesting because it's true because if you play that game, people get false hopes they can actually coach games when they play that game. Right. Because they're doing so well and racking up Super Bowls and Madden.
0: Yeah. I know it's crazy to think about it. But I'm glad he I'm glad he did that because there's so many coaches in sports to think like they they won't admit it, but they think like, Oh no, I'm not, I'm never going to admit to something like that. It maybe makes me look weaker or maybe it makes me look foolish or whatever the case may be. They don't want to admit it. They take it too seriously, take it too serious guy in sports, probably not going to succeed in sports coming up. Jay Binkley says we have got to temper our expectations next in the morning. That's just what we need. People coaching football games from their mom's basement. We already have enough of that. <laughs> We have enough of that, man. It's called Pro Football Focus. Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com 610 Sports Radio. All right, we're back at it on a beautiful Friday morning. Specter's in. Jay is in. You want to do the challenge, Spec, or not? You tell me. You think you can do it? I probably could. All right, let's try it. You got to tell me the segment, though. Let's do it from 8.18 to 8.41. Oh, that's too easy. That's too easy? Yeah, all right. We'll try the 9 o'clock hour. Try the 9 o'clock hour. I want to see if Spec can go get coffee and get back and us still be in segment, much like getting a Euro-Queensboro Plaza. If you can do that, that would be pretty remarkable. I want to try My that. TV guide. I want to see if you could. That guy was weird. I want to see if you could do that during one of the segments. So we may do it. From the 816, shout it out, suck. Thanks again, Speck. You're welcome. <laughs> Sometimes you just lose it. You just absolutely 100% lose it. Jay Binkley alongside here is as Josh is doing fatherly things today, as he likes to say. Um, You think we as Chiefs fans have expectations that are unreasonable at this point. And I I can't say I disagree, but I also, the flip side is there are expectations that we've never been able to have and we don't want to let it go. We're petting the rabbit like Lenny, man, on this one. And it's okay, I think. I think it's okay.
1: Can you handle a down season? By down season, 9-7. And That's Andy Reid's worst record in Kansas City. He didn't make the playoffs back in 14. He went 9-7. Right. Big deal. But he wins every year. Mm-hmm. They're what one of two teams since, what, 2002, or one of three teams that have a losing record, the Patriots and the Steelers. Or 2010, excuse yeah. me, with with the it's like 2014. Or actually, 20-12ers. no, let I me mean, take that back. Since 2013, since Andy Reid came into town, yes, MLS without Andy Reid who comes in here with the team to just picked first on the clock and uh-huh. goes nine and zero to start the season, it's right. pretty incredible. But what are people going to do? They're going to freak out because every week on the post game, I see people you know, fire eight or fire beach every single week, every week. You every see week. that?
0: Are you out of your mind? All these close
1: games come down to it. All oh, we
0: fire. We, Reed. We Who, we, who's doing a that?
1: Lot, a lot. You, you wouldn't believe the calls, the texts, the things I get, you know, what are we going to do with, 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 the head coach? Like, what do you want to do with the head coach? I Who think else the else worst thing that
0: happened though, was Patrick Mahomes coming out of the gate and throwing 50 touchdown passes in his first game. And everybody thinking this is the way it's going to be all the time. I right. Think we're
1: poised for a meltdown at some point because we didn't five straight AFC title games. You take it for granted. I grew up with lifelong Kansas City Chiefs fans, had my mm-hmm. full romances like I talked about earlier. Right. But I've seen one AFC title game before this little run. 1994 when they sure? played in Buffalo. And you're like, yeah, they really have a chance going to Buffalo and winning. Right. And obviously they get blasted. And, but that's it. And I mm-hmm. went alive for the 69 season. Right. When they, when they win the AFC title game. So that's a long time to go in between. And you, you go, oh, this is cool because you're in the AFC title game. Mm-hmm. And also they've been a the five straight. How are you going to handle it? You're a KU guy, Bob. Do you look at Final Fours only? Yeah, for KU, like if they just go to the regionals or get into the well, because I 16, think regular season
0: care. college basketball bites the big one. I think it's a waste of everybody's time, and so the only thing that matters care? is the tournament. When okay. do I start watching college basketball no, no. this week? So Final Four, okay. So well, yeah, you're judged by Final Fours. That's why I think okay. Jim Boeheim was the biggest overrated college basketball coach of all so time. So national titles, just one Final national Fours. championship, and five Final Fours in forty-seven years. That's all you were able to do. That's not enough. That's how you're judged in sports now. Quarterbacks and head coaches in football are judged by Super Bowls. And in college basketball, coaches are judged. By championships one and, and probably final fours. I think if you make the final four, they always say that's house money going forward. You want to win the national championship, but you look at final fours and national championships. You got to get to the final four and win national championships if you want to be considered one of the greats. Because I think a lot of key fans don't care when they bring out those Tiffany bowls, line them up. No, I disagree with that. I, I think KU fans absolutely I, love it. I don't oh, know if they like yeah. the bowls.
1: I think they like when the, when, the, when, the, when the final four banners come down. Right. And then do you win it? Because Patriots fans got to a point they didn't they didn't even care if they lost Super
0: Bowl. Well, and, and that and was, was the, the thing with Atlanta way, baseball too. fans. They stopped going to playoff games and stuff like that because they got bored with just going to the postseason. I don't think we're ever gonna reach that level here in Kansas City, in well, my opinion.
1: Well, they lost to the Bucks, even Kelsey after the game, you know. Well, the season wasn't a success. Right. You didn't win the,
0: the whole damn thing. People think that I'm crazy when I say every year 17-0, win the Super Bowl, and that's the goal. And if they don't win a Super Bowl, they did not accomplish their goal. That's not me saying that. Jay. They got 35-0. The, that's the yeah, right. That's the mindset of everybody inside that building, though. Their goal every year is to win the Super Bowl. And anything short of winning the Super Bowl is falling short of their goal. And they'll let you know it. And that's the that's the mindset that they need to have. And that has trickled down to the fans. And we should all have that mindset. As long as Patrick Mahomes is out here in his prime doing what he does. Every year, the expectation should be win a championship. I
1: mean, who doesn't want that with their team? It's not about going through the rebuild. It's like Rams fans, oh, they win the Super Bowl. What are we going to do? Oh, they're going to stink the next year, right? Or the Buccaneers have, have stunk. I mean, they've been okay. They've been in the postseason, but they're not a good football team since they won the title. But the Chiefs continue to be good. Mm-hmm. Five straight AFC title games. They just keep doing it. It's what we're expecting now. If they just go to the playoffs, lose the first round, we going to lose our lose our crap? I think so.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I totally think and, so. And rightfully people so. Their,
1: people are losing their crap all year. They lose games that you know, you think, oh, they are not going to get the number one seed or number two seed. Number, You know, they're end up playing on the road through the playoffs. Well, they don't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end up being that way. Let things play out and see what happens with the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think they've set expectations. You might even say unreal expectations with the fan base that all of a sudden they see it as a failure if they're not in the AFC title game.
0: Yeah, right. Well, I mean, you know, the expectation for that, it, I mean, look, five years in a row of hosting the Which AFC championship is game, is, it's, it's nuts. It's, it's crazy. It's never happened on any level, right, to do something – of that nature, but I, I've said also to the regular season to me is the preseason. The only thing that matters for the Chiefs truly is January and into February six weeks of the year. That's when you're going to determine whether or not you had a successful season what you do in January what you do in February and other than that the regular season is just getting tuned up figuring out what things work. If you drop a game in the regular season, it's not the end of the world. I know some people think it is and they, they get all upset over it, but it's not the end of the world to lose a game in the regular season. Sometimes you take a loss and you're able to build from it. I mean, you can look back at the first Super Bowl run that the, the the moralizing loss that they had in Tennessee that year that was the rock bottom they realized how bad a loss that was Andy Reid took that hard they didn't lose again that season I mean and they just obviously went on and won the Super Bowl and I think that's happened over the course of a, you know of time with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. they suffer one of those losses in the regular season and they really wear that and they use that as their motivation and as you were talking about who are the Chiefs chasing who's their motivation who are they going after themselves they always want to be perfect they always want to be better than they were the week before for, that's who they're chasing. And sometimes that's the best motivation to take yourself and motivate yourself based on what you are going to do and not worry about anybody else. I
1: mean, for years, it was the Patriots as far as success. The Steelers was stability for the Kansas City Chiefs to chase. Now, like you said, they're chasing themselves. Like right. a dog chasing their own tail going around. What are they going to do? They wear the bullet, the crosshairs, the crosshairs on the back better than anybody. Mm-hmm. I remember when Baltimore beat the Chiefs. Remember they won the throw parade in oh Baltimore. Oh, my God, session, they yeah. The and then when the Bills beat the Chiefs, not this season, the season before. Then they they're considered the best team in the NFL. Right. They go to Tennessee the following week, lose them in football. They peed down the leg. They couldn't handle it. Then they get they beat, get beaten Jacksonville later in the right. year. They get bombed at home, forty-one to fifteen in the Colts. I'm like wait a minute, this was to be the best team in the NFL that did not wear the crosshairs very well. Like we're the best team in the NFL. Nobody can do it. And the Bengals started slowly. And, you know, Vegas, a lot of teams, people didn't like the the, the Bengals to repeat this Mm -hmm. year. I did because they have way too much talent uh, to be a bad football team. But did they wear it well? Because they finally got good at the end of the year, but they didn't wear it well at the beginning of the season with the expectations of being the team that represents the AFC in the Super Bowl. They didn't do it, but the Chiefs have had that. Every team is shooting for them, but yet they found a way to adapt. They changed things. Again, this year, Andy Reid said in training camp, Patrick Mahomes said in training camp, we're going to be a team that spreads the ball around. Don't Mm -hmm. grab our players in fantasy. Which, for a team that over 5,200 yards of offense, throwing the football, won 1,000-yard season by a receiver, and that was your tight end. Right. They had no receivers over 1,000 yards. They were 100% correct on their assumptions that nobody was going to, you know, outside of maybe Travis Kelsey, get over 1,000 yards. If they have a quarterback that threw for as many yards as Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. go over 5,000, have no 1,000-yard receivers. Unbelievable, Unheard of. They're spreading the ball around. They're reinventing the wheel. Every day they're
0: to... reinventing the wheel. It's something different every week with these guys. But
1: they're not chasing anybody. That's the thing. That's they're the chasing hard... their
0: own greatness. That they're chasing the perfection. That they're... is the
1: hardest thing to do is chase yourself. Because I think
0: that's what's next for them. All right, what haven't we done yet? Well, we haven't had a perfect season yet. So maybe that's the next goal, right? Win the Super Bowl on a perfect season. We saw New England have that perfect regular season, then failed Giants, beat them in the, in the Super. Bowl maybe that's the Chiefs goal be the next 72 Dolphins so those guys can put their champagne away and I think something like that that's motivation because you know Mahomes has got that checklist he's checking things off what's one thing he hasn't accomplished yet a perfect season so you got to think that's on the horizon as the next main goal for this team I
1: mean, they flipped the roster right in front of you there's only four guys here before Patrick has got here they've literally flipped yeah 47 and 48 guys it's crazy on this roster they've done it right in front of your eyes they, and, and really two of those right guys are
0: what the long snapper and the kicker
1: Long snapper and kicker, Kelsey and Chris and, Jones. And that's Chris it. Jones, and that's it, yeah. That's it. But when Brett Beats talked about it, the parade, you know, they're supposed to be rebuilding. They were. Look at all the rookies. They did 61 games where they started rookies. Mm-hmm. That's unheard of. Only the top two teams in the draft played more rookies than the Kansas City Chiefs who won the Super Bowl. Right, They were, quote, rebuilding, but they were able to win in a rebuilding year, which nobody else could do
0: because they, they don't have, have Patrick Mahomes. Tournament coverage on 610 Sports Radio brought to you by Twin Peaks. Each drink's scenic views. Three area locations. Find your favorite lodge at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. I sat down and watched a little of the Big 12 tournament yesterday when when Kansas was on. Then I realized Fran Freshilla was calling the game. I have... I have never gotten anxiety more listening to a broadcaster than I do with Fran Fraschilla. I don't like him on the games at all. I don't know if it's his voice. I don't know what it is. I just it just it just grates at me. And I turned that game on and I heard him and I started like, Ugh. and I had to take deep breaths and calm down. Like it it was like it was like hearing the Entertainment Tonight theme song or something like that and losing my mind. And I'm like I I, I can't <laughs> continue to. Um, watch this game. And so I had it turned down really low because I wanted to watch the game. Then I saw West Virginia take a couple of shots and I realized, oh my God, uh, this is a bricklayers convention out here. But I did hear Fran say one thing and and it's something that, that grates on me. And I don't know if it grates on you guys as well, but I'm sure you have something similar that grates on you. Like this one does Fran kept saying, score the basketball. Like that's like a sports term that I absolutely hate. I think it sounds stupid. In your life, when you're walking around with your boys or your gals and you're talking about sports, how many times do you say to somebody, man – I love the way Michael Jordan scored the basketball. I love the way LeBron scored the basketball. Do you use that in your everyday vernacular? I don't. Specter. you're a basketball fan, do you? No? I am. Oh, oh. Uh, I, 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 I never heard, like, you're sitting around having cocktails or lunch or something like that with your friends, and you go, man, did you see the way that, uh, that Grady Dick scored the basketball last night? Nobody says that. Why are we utilizing that phrase on TV? It just, it just grates at me. It's like nails on a chalkboard. And all of Fran Freshilla to me is nails on a chalkboard. And I'm not usually hard on announcers, but this guy, I just I just can't take this guy. Um, so what is the sports phrase that you absolutely hate hearing announcers use at 913-586-7610? 913-586-7610 is the J Southland Toast Service text line. What is the sports phrase that announcers use that you can't stand? Because for me, it's score the basketball, man. It is. Oh, my God. It's like, just talk normal. Announcers try to be flowery and do things. Like, you don't say this crap with your friends. How often do you walk? I know I say National Football League. It's more of an ode to Carl Peterson than it is because he always said National Football League. He never said NFL. the
1: NBA the association.
0: Yeah, that's another one. But, how, like, with your friends, do you ever say National Football League? You know, No, you always say NFL. Score the basketball. It's just another one. Toe the slab drives me up a wall as well when they talk about the picture. He's towing the slab. Do you say that to your friends? Oh, look who's towing the slab tonight. No. I've never used toe the to slab. No, you don't. So do you have a sports word? Do you guys have one that you absolutely would you say you keep them out of the end zone?
1: You don't let the other team score you win. Okay. I, I'm getting really that, tired that, okay. I've heard that even when I played a long time ago. Don't let the other team score you can win. All right. Of course, man. Of course. Chargers okay.
0: are the team to beat. Chargers of the team Ooh, to meet yeah, that that that, that is one. a good one. That is a good one. From the text line, 913 uh, 586 7610 Let's see. Red area, not even close. Um, I told the coworker yesterday that LeBron is the greatest scorer of the basketball. Well, I guess that's Fran texting in. Um pay dirt, that's another one that uh, that people use a lot. They need to go out there and have fun. Yeah, I mean, you're playing a sport, you should be having fun. Boom, bam, when a basket is made. Here's a guy. Yeah, that's a John Madden line from the uh, from the seven eight five. He he made that one very famous as well. And uh, when announcers talk about squirting through the line in football, <laughs> so keep them coming. What do you hate? What is the phrase that you can't stand that announcers use? Coming up here on six ten sports radio, the mocking begins on Tuesday. Who are the Chiefs taking at thirty one? Bink tells you next. Fesco in the morning. One of the greatest duos. Brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. 610 Sports Radio. All right, Jay, it's time to put you on the spot, my friend, because as we get excited and looking forward to the draft coming to Kansas City. Spec, did you know the draft was coming to KC in a couple I did of not, weeks? No. You do not know, so you better get on that and uh, see if we can get credentials or something for that thing. But uh, the draft is coming to Kansas City. Uh, it's going to be spectacular. I can't wait. I think the league was here this week, actually going through another walkthrough, kind of like the final setup. They're going to start... Meetings se- yesterday. Yeah, exactly. They're going to start setting this thing up here pretty quick. It's going to it's going to be like a month long of like building the stage and all this kind of stuff to have some fun uh, here in Kansas City. So the league's going to start descending upon here I think at the end of the month to get this town ready for the, uh, the NFL draft. It's going to be probably the biggest you know, um, save the parades that we've seen. People coming from out of town for something, the NFL draft's going to be huge, and then obviously the World Cup's going to trump that one so I uh, a lot of people asking, that what, am I gonna do?
1: what am I going to do? It's free. It's free. Oh, it, it is. It's, it's, it's free. It's something everybody likes is it's free. Yeah. Taste the town, the different NFL teams. There's going to be things to do, interactive things to do. If you miss the Super Bowl and all the events around it, drafts were to go. Yeah. And it's all... Free. free now the and food's the not gonna be free but the restaurants stuff, yeah. the bars everybody's gonna benefit from three hundred and fifty, four thousand people yeah i mean
0: it's gonna be it's gonna be a great turnout man and, and, and it's gonna be a lot of fun and some of the renderings that they've released and you see some of the pictures it, man, it's it looks the spectacular right
1: in the nfl ever for the draft yeah
0: it's gonna be awesome and, and i mean they're gonna use the liberty memorial and all that kind of i mean it's just gonna be beautiful it's gonna be so much fun and i can't wait to be there and at one point of the draft at some point they're gonna say with the 31st selection in the in the in mm. the you know, 2023 nfl draft the super bowl champion and how cool is it that were the super bowl champs and holding the draft so you get that last pick and and they're going to say with the 31st pick in the nfl draft the super bowl champion kansas city chiefs select who are they picking at number 31 mr mocker
1: i would go honestly I, this, i've gone back and forth obviously wide receivers where i would go right i don't think that's where they're going to go mm-hmm. uh, i don't because there's quality uh receivers in the second third round i mean there's there's not a ton it's top heavy Top three or four wide receivers, obviously, the way to go. So you have to trade down. Right. they willing to do it because if you go by the Rich Hill trade chart, which is what a lot of teams do. Who the hell was Rich Hill? Well, it's a trade tor- chart that people I recommend using because, for instance, he's he, a left-handed pitcher I thought, for the no, Rays. No, yeah, yeah, uses, like Rich Hill
0: used to be a pitcher in the big leagues. Uh, yeah, he,
1: He's covered Patriots, actually, but he, it was Jimmy Johnson trade chart than him. For example, you move down to 15, right that's 315 points. Chiefs are picking thirty first. Just give us the name push. of somebody they're taking. No, what I'm saying is, you better if you're going to trade down, you're gonna if you're going to go to twenty, you're going to at least get up your first and second. You want to go even further down, like top fifteen? or are oh, you mean trading players, up? You're talking trading about. up? You're going to have to go one, two, and maybe a three, or even use a pick from next year. So you got to figure out what to do. I just think the better just better edge rushers there at the end because last year was kind of anomaly with Karloftis being so good. Mm-hmm. And again, you go. 2021, 1 through 18, you look top 28 sackers, top 20, but a lot of them were tied at the end. You know, almost 40% of them were 1 through 18 picks. Even last year in 2022, 50% were basically picked within the first 16 picks of the draft. Karloff has kind of broke that mold. Max Crosby has kind of broken that mold. I just think the edge rushers are deeper uh, for the Chiefs. Obviously, I want the offensive line, but are you willing to move up to 15? Yeah. Are you willing to do a Mahomesian type trade? For an offensive through? lineman? And I don't mm. know if the Chiefs trust that. Yeah. Because Andy Reid trusts backup quarterbacks to have experience. Some kind. You don't have to be a great quarterback, but experience because, you know, 98-yard drive, by Chad Henney, you don't want a guy that's never played in the NFL to do that. Mm-hmm. Chad Henney might not have been the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's serviceable and he can run the game plan. So 98-yard drive is what you got from Chad Henney. Would you have got it from someone that's never played in the NFL before? Know. Or maybe a rookie or second-year player, you're probably not uh, going to get that. And you're not going to get a lot of experience behind Mahomes. Right? Chad Henney does have starting experience in the NFL. That's why that they're probably going to bring in a veteran besides Shane Bouchelle to be the backup quarterback. I feel the same thing about left tackle. They want somebody with some kind of game experience instead of going with a rookie to protect your half billion dollar investment. I honestly feel like, because right now the Chiefs are picking 31, but four quarterbacks, I believe, are going in the first round. Two running backs had a really good chance to go in Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. Mm-hmm. So that's six picks. So then all of a sudden you're moving up 31 and you're kind of moving up to 25, which is good because the more these ancillary positions are taken, the Chiefs don't need that's good. Yeah. You're basically going from 31 to 25 without moving. Sure. Because of what everybody else is picking. And there's going to be other positions taken the Chiefs don't get, but essentially they're picking 25th. Which, at that point, I think the edge, when you're saying best player available is a wide receiver, because I think they're going to be gone, the top wide receivers, you know, going all the way from Quentin Johnson to Jackson Smith but they're going to be gone by the top 20. In offensive line, I don't think you're trusting to be day one starter for the Chiefs. That leaves edge rusher, you um, Obviously, with the loss of Frank Clark, who knows what's going to end up happening there if he goes right. back or not. But if they bring in like a veteran like Brandon Graham, somebody like that, just to, or uh, to be on the other, uh, the other end or bring back Carlos Dunlap, I think they're going to go rookie to be on the opposite side of Karloff. Doesn't have these two young guns. In stereo, getting to the quarterback.
0: But I like that. I like that idea a lot. So you're you're gonna have your first mock draft out on Tuesday. You Tuesday, said, Tuesday. Right?
1: Tuesday's the first one. We're gonna do it live or not? Well, it's on the podcast. Right. It'll, it'll be done. We're gonna do an NFL one mm-hmm. since the draft is in Kansas City and a Chiefs specific one. Oh my! Because yesterday everybody's always like, "Where's your mock? Where's your mock?" Well, yesterday the comp picks were put out. People never knew what the Chiefs picked. They pick a nine. They pick a ten. They pick an eleven. They pick a twelve. All these all these mock draft simulators had the Chiefs like getting twelve pick. It's not true. they have ten picks. At this point, because they traded one away um, for Kadarius Toney. And we're waiting on Rashad Fenton. Right. They're going to get that conditional seventh, which obviously the Chiefs are doing good with seventh rounders. Rashad Fenton only played one game with the Falcons. Like I was looking at 66 snaps, I think, total for the Atlanta Falcons. There's wow. 66% of the snaps for one game that Rashad played with Landon Valkin, so I don't know what the conditions were on that. Yeah, do you
0: get if some kind of pick for that? Probably not. Probably right? not.
1: So getting a seventh-round pick for the Fenton, that would add to be the 11th pick for the Chiefs. But the NFL's not even put their full draft order yet out of what's going on. But, yes, we're going to do mock drafts each and every week, and we'll do them on the podcast, and we're going to put them out on, on, in print, too, so you can see them cool. on 610sports.com. It's going to be the character concerns mock. Yeah. These aren't bank mocks anymore. It's the... It's the collective uh, brainchildren of uh, Nick Schwartz and Chris and and I.
0: I. I like it. I can't wait for that first mock draft. So we'll we'll have those Get for you beginning spec. on uh, Tuesday here on six ten Sports Radio. I, I made this proposal, you know, on the air a couple of days ago, and and I really think the more that I think about it, and I've suggested it to some people in the NFL and they don't respond to me on this one, but I, I would like to see the draft before free agency because I, I think the draft is where you really make your nut if you're an organization if you're doing it the right way. Free agency is fool's gold. Next week is going to be fool's gold. There are going to be a lot of players that move around and get these big contracts and maybe we don't see much action here in Kansas City. And I know people will lose their minds like they do every year. Super Bowl champions. Thank you very much. Carl Peterson always would say you don't win championships at March and he is one hundred and ten percent right about that. Except he, didn't win he, he didn't win championships in January, right? But you don't win championships in March. Chiefs don't go out and break the market in free agency. They really never have done that. That's a fool's way of trying to build a team. It just doesn't work that way. And in in free agency in the NFL, you have to ask yourself the question: Why is this guy getting away from the team that he's currently on? And I've always said salary cap is not a reason. If you want somebody bad enough, you figure out a way to afford them. Every business does it that way, including the NFL. So you have to ask yourself, why is this guy being allowed to walk away from his current team? Odds are because he's old, they're not good anymore. There are exceptions to that. Joe Tooney was obviously a big exception to that here in Kansas City. Carlos Dunlap, kind of Carlos Dunlap. He was a good player, but he wasn't a break the bank free agent, right? He wasn't one of those guys that signed on Tuesday. You know, when you can immediately start to sign. Watch the guys that sign at that signing period and all the money that gets thrown around how many of those guys really help their teams win right really help their teams win it's very minuscule you know when you have something like that so i i wish the draft was before free agency because has, as good as brett veach has been at drafting, I would love him to have his draft in place. And then free agency starts on like May 2nd or whatever it is. And then you can just plug the holes because that's what free agency ultimately should be. Free agency shouldn't be a way to build your team. Free agency should be a way to, f- to fill like one final hole or two final holes that you have going into the season. Your whole organization should be based upon the draft. And lo and behold, the Chiefs are doing it that way. And they're winning championships. But as we know... Free agency is sexy. It's exciting. People love it. The names you recognize. And there's some names that are going to be out there that people are saying are great fits for the Kansas City Chiefs. CBS Sportsline says the best fit for the Kansas City Chiefs, Brandon Graham, which on the surface, you hear the name, you're like, yeah, nice player. But he's more, to me, of a Carlos Dunlap type of guy because of his age being at 34. Limited snaps. ESPN says Marcus Davenport, the defensive end from New Orleans, is a good fit for Kansas City. The fact of the matter is, though... Marcus Davenport's a free agent because he can't stay healthy and doesn't stay on the field. He's never played more than 13 games in a season and only had a half a sack last year. So that's a guy that they say, okay, he's going to reach free agency. Why? Because he doesn't stay healthy. Do you want to invest, if you're the Chiefs' money, into a guy that's 34 like Brandon Graham or a guy like Marcus Davenport, both at the same edge rush position. One can't stay healthy and stay on the field, and the other's 34 years old. I look at those two, and I'm like, eh, I think I'll take my chances in the draft. Or he's
1: peaking, though. Brandon Graham is a guy that can play limited snaps. Chiefs like rotation. But again, he had 11 sacks last year. That would be interesting to me. And Andy Reid drafted him, so there's a connection yeah.
0: between the two. But and that he... shows you how long that
1: guy's been in the league. Andy exactly. Reid drafted him, right? With Philadelphia. Here's one thing. I I'm kind of opposite with you okay. as far as the draft and free agency. I, I think Tell you, me why, though. Tell me why I I'm you wrong. think do either one because I think the draft gives you an opportunity when you look at free agency and who you don't have. You look at it and you isolate those positions. All right, we need this position. We need position X. Oh, we need more edge rusher. Because you weren't able to address it necessarily in a free agency. Or you grab somebody that's going to be trained, like Brandon Albert trained Derek Fisher, or Tom Bailey with D Ford. So I, I like the draft being where it is because if you didn't address it in free agency – then you go out and draft it, or like last year with the Chiefs, like you know, it's bringing Jerry McKinnon, which they didn't bring in until June 14th. So the draft is over free agency, yeah. it's still going on because you can bring in. And some of those are your best free you
0: agent signings, the guys yeah. that get kind of lost so in the I'm cracks. Okay with the
1: draft being okay, we didn't get this free agency. Well, it's hammered this in the draft, but it does kind of give a telltale of to teams what you're going to look for. Because look at what you got in free agency, what you need, mm-hmm. and what positions you're going to be zeroing in on. I'll never forget uh, John Dorsey. They used to have these uh, draft things where people go out and watch what he's doing and talking about. And it was interesting because he was watch pro days, but he wouldn't necessarily watch the player. Who's watching the player? Did they send their coach, the head coach? They send the GM? They send a position coach? Who's they send a scout? Because that was a telltale to him how interested they are in a player by who's watching them at their pro day. Who did such teams send? That's why these teams bring in players for their top 30 visit. They have no intention of signing right it's why a lot of players are signed with the chiefs the number one media question to them is have you met with the Chiefs?" and a lot of
0: times it's no a lot of times no
1: a lot of times they people they drafted are people they never met with so i'm okay with what it's at because it helps you address kind of the needs you didn't get in free agency but it does tell you what, what you did it tells other teams what you weren't able to grab in free agency what you might be looking for like if they get nobody left tackle in free agency what the hell people think they're going to do? If left they, tackle. hundred they, percent they're going left tackle yeah. in the draft because they got to find somebody. If they don't hit somebody in free agency, it's going to be a telltale sign of what the Kansas City Chiefs need. Do
0: you but, think they're going to bring Orlando Brown Jr. back? I know they want to bring Orlando Brown Jr. back, but that doesn't mean they are going to bring him back.
1: I think I don't think so because he got that ring. Although the left tackle, unless someone could guarantee him left tackles, that's what his dad wanted him to do. Yeah. Was given that opportunity when Ronnie Stanley got hurt in Baltimore. And here's an afterthought. He was a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown had a terrible combine. You remember that? He had like 14 bench pressure ups. And people were laughing about it. Because there's an offensive lineman, 14 bench. It wasn't a good one. That's
0: bench. right. That was him, wasn't he, it? He, yeah. he,
1: he had a terrible combine. And he slid to the third round. And he's kind of rebuilt himself. He's had to. Rebuild his image. He gives up way too many pressures. And he's had kind of since week nine. I mm-hmm. think he's been kind of a different guy. But he's kind of had to rebuild himself. And it was the only option out there. Which is funny. Because people didn't like the Orlando Brown trade. But he sits as the number one free agent in the National Football League. Right. Why? This is someone the Chiefs got, and they got Nick Bolton coming back for it, so it makes Brett Veach look better. I How wouldn't well overspend for this guy. They're not going to. Because he is the ring. Yeah. And he's got an agent that's never represented an NFL player. Right. I mean, you're the mismatch sitting down with the Chiefs and Brent Tillis and Brett Veach because you're the mismatch because you didn't represent a player. If they know what they're doing, you don't. Because mm-hmm. the Chiefs know. When they sit down with you, they know exactly what people are making and where they're going to go. But unfortunately, I see the Chiefs kind of in the same position they were with Orlando Brown, which at that time is Liam Eisenberg, Sam Cosme, Alex Leatherwood. heard
0: of
1: him. Well, Leatherwood's the first-round pick by the Raiders. He's, already, he's, he's out of the league, with, though. He's with, he? like, the Bears now or something. Just back it up. And the other guys have been moved to guard, not tackle. But that's where the Chiefs were. They're like, Ugh, we don't like what's in the draft. Right, the
0: draft stunk that year. Because yeah. I remember
1: mocking left tackles to him just trying to find somebody to play, who's going to play tackle with them in the pandemic, and nobody's at the Combine.
0: So and let's just say he does leave in free agency because if somebody gives him Trent Williams' money, he's gone. The Chiefs are not paying Trent Williams' money for Orlando Brown ring, junior. I think
1: he's going to go So So
0: he goes. He's so back. who's at left tackle next year? I mean, that I, I think to me... That This time next week, we'll know whether or not Orlando Brown is back in Kansas City. We just will. It'll be over by this time next week. That's how fast free agency in this league goes, right? We'll know next week whether or not he's going to be back. If he's not back, where are we going at left tackle? Do you bring Wiley back and move him to the left side and draft a rookie and put him at the right side? Because the two tackles that they have, Niang and, and, and Kennard, haven't done anything yet, right? Niang took that COVID year off and he's never recovered from it, and that's his problem. And then you got Kennard who had a tough time adjusting from the style Not of offense in the SEC and where he is right now. He never got on the field. Are those two guys anything that we could look at? Because I would I I like Kennard. I know they like Kennard. I know they like Lucas Niang a lot, but Niang missed that year and he's kind of fallen off the, you know, the 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 wayside by them. So I would love to find a way to get one of those guys to into the starting lineup, maybe at that right side. And I maybe bring back Andrew Wiley to play the left side a little bit.
1: Unless they trust like an Isaiah Win, because they have dealt with the Patriots. They traded with the yeah. Patriots twice last year, so they do like former Patriots. I think it's going to be somebody like Taylor Lewan, Even though he hasn't played much the last couple of years, a guy with just some kind of experience to be stopgap. I think the Chiefs will draft a guy that they can see as a left tackle at some point where they move up in the second round or whatever. But I do believe their tackle of the future will be through the draft, someone that they groom. Uh, and I will believe it will be somebody with NFL experience. Yeah. I believe totally. Just like last year, I wanted Eric Fisher to come back because I thought he still had some. Uh, I like Eric to, Fisher, to too. Play. He still
0: lives here in town. He's available.
1: But I think somebody like that, just somebody with NFL experience will be the left tackle for the Chiefs, grooming somebody else to be the left tackle after that. But I don't believe Andy Reid would start a rookie at left tackle. And everybody wants Joe Tooney. Mm-hmm. But it, I know this is geeky, but the arm size and everything pencils him into what he is. As you know large. what they
0: say about small arms, right? Yeah. Guard. Guard,
1: yeah. But the bottom line is, I remember when uh, Brett Veach was on with uh, Pat McAfee a couple weeks ago, he had like a 30-minute interview, and he talked about, a lot about the draft and their philosophy, and it was interesting. But Andy Reid, he narrows it down to a couple players, two or three players. Like, coach, go watch these guys. We don't need you to look at 10, 15, 20 guys. Look at these three guys or whatever. And if coach likes them, that's who they you know, want. Of course. To have a heavy influence on who they draft. But I felt, felt it was interesting that they kind of narrow it down and say, all right, go watch these guys. And I also found it interesting. He watch a lot of college tape in the offseason to see what they're doing, how to make players better from what made them successful in college. Oh, Let's do it in the pros. How genius is that? What makes you a good player from what you did in count? let do that. It's what they're mm-hmm. doing with Mahomes. It's, they're doing the doing Mahomes. it's
0: what they did with Alex Smith when they brought him in. The
1: only other team I've seen do this was Washington when they had RG3. They tried. Let's to not Taylor. compare
0: anything to Washington. Well, 610 Sports Radio, KCSP, Kansas City, WDAF, HD2, Liberty, and Odyssey Station. One thing that we we uh, tend to touch on a lot is is you know kind of the, the rules of sports, more so than sometimes the games of sports. And Nick Saban has been a very big, I don't want to say advocate for the NIL because that would be an. That would be the wrong word to use. Nick Saban has been a guy that hates the NIL. It seems like, but he did have a great idea yesterday. Many he, he, here's what Nick Saban said to uh, Stephen A. Smith yesterday, and I think this idea is something that can really, really be effective. If that's what we want college football to be, mm. um, then the best teams are going to be the teams that have the most money to spend on. We don't have a salary cap, so it's not equal for everybody. It's not like the NFL. I would much rather see us adopt the NFL model than be where we are right now. And mm. the players and they can become employees which a lot of people in college are that that's not the the sort of what college football or amateur sports mm. are supposed to be, but I'd rather see that than to be where we are now where no one has a contract, you can leave whenever you want uh, and we can actually create an institution that can pay you to play for our school. So there's Nick Saban. I want a salary cap in college football. I don't hate the idea at all. I actually kind of like the idea because the one thing we love about the NFL and what makes the NFL great is the salary cap, right? Even if it's fake and it's fraudulent, it still kind of gives you the idea that everybody's on the same level. And I'm hearing Nick Saban talk about that right now. What we have in college athletics is the wild, wild West. It is a free for all out there, right? With this NIL stuff, college allowed it to get to that level and it's taken off. But Nick Saban, I I don't mind his point at all because the salary cap in the NFL has given everybody the allure that their team can compete that year. It's the one thing that the NFL has that baseball doesn't have that, People that are fans of both sports want to see in baseball as the salary cap. Could you imagine a salary cap in college football too? Then you really could have even Steven across the board and not have Alabama and Auburn always dominate or Texas dominate. Cause they got more money. No, you're capped on the amount of money that you're going to spend. So a team like KU or K state or Iowa state can compete in the same ballpark as some of these sec schools or PAC 12 schools or big 10 schools that may have all this money. I love that idea for Nick Saban. And I think it would drastically change college football for the better.
1: Uh, it'd be so hard, though, because once you open Pandora's box, you say, pay him. Mean, it's hard to go back on that because they'll still find a way to cheat because now the door's been open that you can. Sure. But here's the problem. I think quarterbacks, the star running back, star receivers that are, you know, looked at Heisman, they'll yeah. make all the money. And, they, you know, the backup linebacker, or the linebacker, or the lineman, guys that were getting nil deals anyway, won't be. And then all of a sudden you look at a car. Did you okay, just call them
0: nil deals? Nil,
1: nil, name, image, likeness. How are you going to quantify a car? Okay, he's driving a Porsche. Right. So you're going to say, well, that's uh, $80,000. Like, how are you going to quantify some of these things where they're getting like a resource? Well, like you just start. do
0: it like the NFL. Here's your salary cap, and here's the money you can spend. However, they spend their money on goods and services is up to them. I don't know what you set the salary cap on in college football. I could be by so tough because
1: the quarterbacks would be getting everything.
0: Well, they get everything in the NFL, though, too. That's the way it is, but one
1: can get Joe Bob's free barbecue, whatever. If they so want so you
0: them. would rather have what we have right now than a salary cap in college football? See, I think a salary cap makes it all even, and everybody's on the same page, and here we like, go. And Joe Bob's barbecue can't go out there and pay some fat lineman in Alabama to go to school.
1: Well, the one thing is, I've always heard Carrington talk about it, and it's, it's a good idea, if he took the quarterback out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Like you can pay your quarterback whatever you want, like against the South. Well, Josh thought, has
0: been saying that for a decade. Well, I always yeah. thought that
1: we should do. It should be one on offense, one on defense. Designate a guy to make get paid whatever you want. Meaning you take Chris Jones, pay him whatever you want. You take uh, Patrick Mahomes, pay him whatever you want. They don't count. Okay. That's what I'm that, in on that, that. That's the kind of theory I would like. If the college football said, okay, we're going to take one guy on defense, one guy on offense. They're out of the equation. Then you have a cap to what you can spend, because I think that makes it a lot better when you take the quarterback or Again, most of these schools, you know, start running back. In mm-hmm. Texas, you're going B. John Robinson. No one's paying Quinn Ewer's money. Right. Well, they actually are. They are, <laughs> they're yeah. They're giving B. John more. They're
0: giving, uh, they're giving uh, Manning some money down there at Texas as well, which, by the way, Texas spending money on, on sports is beyond me. They don't ever win. Coming up here on 610 Sports Radio, the latest quarterback rumor in the NFL. This is a doozy. Next. Fesco in the morning. <laughs> Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster's patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com.
1: 610 Sports Radio.